Harim and Manan, which had been brought in with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. The first thing that I'd like to mention is that uh, this, this early church still had prophets in it. And that's, that's a great fundamentalist debate. But Brother Wood taught us that you have Old Testament prophets and you have New Testament prophets. Old Testament prophets told you what was going to happen in the future. And one way they were judged as being prophets was did what they say come to pass? Uh-huh. And you don't have to miss it one time to be labeled a false prophet in the Old Testament. So as, as we studied the last few weeks also on spiritual discernment a little bit, those guys had to be 100% right hmm. if they were going to prophesy. Yep. And uh, so that's how the Old Testament prophet worked. <clears throat> A New Testament prophet would tell you what was going to happen based on the signs of the times and how people were responding to things in society. For example, a New Testament prophet didn't go around prophesying that some king was going to get shot by, by an arrow at a venture. He wouldn't prophesy things like that. But Brother Wood always said Brother Lester Roloff, and I mentioned him in our first class, was a New Testament prophet. Because he said, you have no idea where this television is going to take yeah. the church. Man. Well, that was, that was in the 50s. I mean, we're talking pre-Andy Griffith. Yeah, yeah. Before the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. And he was already saying, you have no idea where this is going to end up. <clears throat> Andy Griffith shows still have them in regular, on a regular basis going to the church in episodes yeah. and singing, singing, leaning on the everlasting arms. Yeah, yeah. I notice they don't do that on any of the shows anymore. No, no, sir. So it, it just keeps changing and it will continue to change. And, and that's just TV. Movies are even worse. People say, well, we don't watch TV. We just watch movies. Well, that's even worse. That's right. The way they talk. The way they dress, the way they live. Uh, That's right. Brother Olaf was right. He saw what was coming before it got here. Yeah. And Brother Wood saw that with a cell phone. He told us that you give a teenager a cell phone and the keys to a car. And they're going to be in trouble. <laughs> because now they can plan their wickedness. And have a way to get there to do it. 
And certainly we are seeing the truth of that come to pass. That's, that's what a New Testament prophet does. He sees things that are in the future, but it's different than what they were seeing in the Old Testament. So he always made that distinction. And he always, when, when an independent Baptist preacher would get up and say, there are no more prophets. He'd always make it a point to tell us after the service, that guy don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right. He heard some other preacher say that. So he said, and, and probably he just had some kind of debate with some oneness Pentecostal or something. Yeah. And so that's just an easy out. There are no more New Testament prophets or apostles. Now, Brother Wood told us that that word apostle means a sent one. He said, that's an, he said, that's the missionary. He said, you don't find the word missionary in your King James Bible. It's not in there. But the word apostle is in there, and there also you see them in the book of Acts. They're still around. They are sent ones, and that's what a missionary is. As the Father has sent me, said the Lord Jesus, even so send I you. What to do what? To get the gospel yeah. in all the world. And missionaries are called and sent. We studied that before by the Holy Ghost and by the church. The Holy Ghost and the church working together to call and send people to the mission field. Now, the word missionary is not in the Bible. And they're always talking about, when I used to teach at Word for the World, Baptist Ministries, when Brother Homer Smith was still alive, they, were all, they, they had me to teach a series of lessons on when is a missionary in good standing with their local church. And so I did that. I taught a series on that. The word missionary is not in the Bible. The word good standing is not in the Bible. The words local church are not in the Bible. The word member of a church is not in the Bible. People are always wondering, how do you become a member at Shady Acres? You just come and get involved. That's how you become a member. Well, don't you have to vote on it? No. We will if you want us to. It bothers me. But uh, the way you get in is you just get in. Yeah. The way you get out is you just get out. Isn't that simple? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. The word member is not in the Bible. So if you come faithfully, you're a member. If you come when you feel like it, don't come when you don't feel like it. You're probably not a member. You just think you are. You say, I don't understand. That's even better. <laughs> that way people don't run up to you all the time and say, look, I'm a member of this church. Yeah. Really? You sure about that? <laughs> you get that kind of attitude, you won't be for long. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So it's, uh, I couldn't look it up in a concordance and get the answer to some of those questions that people are always asking about that kind of stuff. And uh, you start asking preachers questions about when is a missionary in good standing with their local church. You're going to get opinions based on what branch of independent Baptist they are. Are they Baptist writers? Are they Bible, uh, BBF? Baptist Bible Fellowship? An old Englishman said one time, Baptist Bible Fellowship? He said, I didn't know that we had a Baptist Bible. <laughs> That's a pretty good point, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Baptists would like for this to be a Baptist Bible, but it's not. It's just the Bible. Yeah. So, so then they started. When that old man put that out there, when they started starting new churches, they started calling them Bible Baptist churches. Instead of Baptist Bible churches. Because they didn't want that stigma put on them that they had the, uh, they were the only ones that had the right Bible. They did believe that they were the only ones that had the right church. If you were not baptized in one of their brand of Baptist churches, you were not in the bride. You were a friend. Yeah. Right. You'd be one of the servants at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yeah. Not that I would even care. <laughs> if I can just get to be a servant at the marriage supper of the yeah, Lamb, I'm going to shout hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. I, I'm all right with that. Yep. And so there's a lot of different opinions about these things. And... Uh, As usual, the Bible gives you no list of rules of when are you a member of a church. When are you in good standing in a church? There's no list of rules. Now there is a list in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 when you ought to get booted out. And the one that everybody overlooks in that list is the railer. That's being critical. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, well, if we booted all those people out, <laughs> we wouldn't have many left. There's a lot of critical people that go to church. They're critical of everything and everybody. But especially, they're usually critical of the leadership. So, if you're going to be a leader of a local independent Baptist church, you're going to have to have a hide like a rhinoceros. Because <laughs> they are going to criticize, somebody in there will criticize just about everything you do. And the devil will make sure you got at least one of those in your church at all times. <laughs> just like the Bible didn't give you five steps for salvation. Man came up with them. But the Bible didn't. Jesus Christ dealt with everybody just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. 
No two alike. Woman at the well, go call your husband. Ah, uh, well, that's getting right to the point, isn't it? <laughs> well, I have no husband. Yeah, you said that right. The one you got now is not really your husband. He just went right to the point. Tax collector? Now yeah, you're going to need to pay everybody back that you ripped off. Well, I'm sure he kept careful records to cover himself in case he ever got checked out. So he had a pretty good idea who he owed money. Everybody was different. Thief on the cross. Hmm. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in life. He didn't give him five look. Do you do you believe in God? Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe I'm the Son of God? Amen. Well, if you'll pray and ask me, I'll come into your heart. Yeah. Uh -huh. He didn't do all that. Yeah, you're right. When he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom, he said, That's good enough. Amen. I'll take you with me. We're going today. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Yeah. I know you're a king. I know you're going to have a kingdom. You know that's pretty good faith right there? Yes, sir. When Amen. he's yeah. nailed Amen. to a cross, yeah. about to die, yeah, and this thief has enough faith to believe when, he, when they take him down off this cross, he's going to be the king of a kingdom. Amen. What's more faith than any of the 12 disciples had? Right. They're in a room with a door closed hiding after Calvary. Yeah. And he had told them that he must be killed and rise again. Man. Uh, just right over their head. You know, a lot of times truth does that. If you don't latch on to truth, it'll just sail right over your head. You won't get it. And it can be a simple truth. And you won't see it for years. And then something will happen and you'll say, I've heard this somewhere. Yeah, like in church, 50 times. <laughs> I've had people tell me, oh, pastor, you know, uh, we went to this church. I had a missionary tell me this one time. We went to this church, and, and that, that preacher preached on, on the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Holy Ghost. We have never heard that before. Where were you when Brother Brownie Rogers was preaching at every single camp meeting that we had in this church for 35 years, 40 years? Never heard it before. I, I believe you. <laughs> you never heard it. But it was preached. Just because you didn't hear it didn't mean it wasn't preached. Yeah. And so it is. The Bible doesn't give steps to salvation. The Bible doesn't give steps to being filled with the Holy Ghost. Pastor, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. How do you get filled with the Holy Ghost? There's no step one, two, three. If, no. you, if I give you a step one, two, three, and you take all three steps, that still doesn't mean you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. It's not a step one. Man would like for everything to be step one, two, three, so they can just check the boxes and say, okay, I did that, I did that, I did that, I got it. Yeah. That's not the way it works. It is supernatural. Salvation is, being filled with the Spirit is. 
I probably already told you, I locked myself in a room at Texas A&M and I'm not coming out until I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a long day. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who was in there with me, he was praying too. We both decided we were going to be filled. We, we were hungry and thirsty and if we'd ask, he'd fill us. I finally said, I'm going to class. He said, really? I said, really? I'll see you later. Stay here. He said, we were in my room. I said, stay as long as you want. I'm out of here. He said, well, why'd you leave? It wasn't going to happen that day. God is not on our time schedule. Amen, sir. Amen, preacher. For anything. Amen. Yeah. Well, I'll get saved when I get ready. No, you won't. Amen. Well, I'll get saved when it's my time. No, you won't. Amen. People get to thinking that foolishness. They convince themselves. They heard, you know, some, some snuff-nipping grandma say that. <laughs> Well, I'll know when it's my time. <laughs> Now's the time you quit dipping that snuff. Yeah. Much. <laughs> I can tell you stories about women like that I've met in the last 45 years. <laughs> One of them I met out there at East River Baptist Church in New Caney. You know, she, she found that verse in Ezekiel where if somebody gets cut real bad, you just read that verse and it stops the bleeding. Anybody ever heard of that before? Yes, sir. You should have. I've preached it right here before. Yeah. It's 88. Yep. <laughs> See, I, people only hear what they want to hear. I've I told that story about that woman at least once, probably several times. I'm good. Thank God. Huh? Where's the first? I'm not going to tell you. You go over there and start reading it when people are bleeding to death. <laughs> some kind of hate. Y'all know what a hate is? Yes, sir. It's like a demon. That's what the old timers call them. <laughs> yeah, I used to go visit her and she'd tell me all the things she'd seen God do. God did this and God did that. She never came to church one time that I recall in nearly 15 years that I was pastor of that church. Not one time. A couple of her daughters did. None of her sons did. She had about eight or nine kids. But they all believed that Granny could stop the bleeding. Yeah, she probably had a little supernatural help from the old Slewfoot himself. That's how he gets control of people. So since there are no steps to being saved, steps to being filled, steps to building a church, this is the way you build a church. I mean, God could have just put it in the Bible. This is the way you do it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But if he'd have put all that stuff in there, we would have depended on him even less than we do now. Amen. We'd have just went back to checking off the boxes. Okay, I did it now. When are you going to do what you're supposed to do, God? That's the way people would have done. 
He, let, he put the information in the Bible, but he made you read and study and pray to try to get it. But people get saved, they want to know everything in the Bible the first 30 days. They'll, they'll, they'll be full of questions. Well, good. Read your Bible until you find the answer. Quit asking somebody else to do all your studying for you. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're going to be a missionary. So if there are no steps given, it leaves you praying, reading, meditating. That's thinking about what you read. Yeah. Studying. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night. Yeah. Even when you're not reading the Bible, you ought to make an effort to be thinking about it. That's Thinking about what it says. Just thinking about it. You can take one verse and think about it all day and never get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But when you're searching for answers, it often leads to frustration and confusion and defeat unless you have faith in God that He will reveal it to you in His way and in His time and when you're ready for it. Amen. You get a new Christian and start teaching them, you know, all about Daniel's toes, the toes of the image and, and the beast coming out of the pit and yeah. revelation. Get you a new Christian start teaching them all. Their heads is going to be spinning. Yeah, yeah. And the devil will beat them up with that. Yeah, yeah. You're not saved. If you're saved, you'd understand all this. Right. He'll beat them up with it. So quit trying to mess up new Christians by overloading them with stuff they're not ready for. I can remember when I could read Charles Spurgeon's sermon books and I get one thing out of it. That is the one of the greatest pulpiteers and preachers that's ever lived. According to most people. I mean they've got shelves and shelves of his sermons that were transcribed. So he's got a mountain of books that he wrote. Somebody else probably did the writing. But he's got lots of books available. And I got them and I'd, I'd always heard what a great preacher he was. I started reading them. I was getting nothing out of them. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And other pastors, they'd tell me, oh, oh, have you seen this pulpit, tabernacle pulpit, whatever it is? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, have you ever read any of that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Isn't it great? Yeah, 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 I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. It was over my head, evidently. So I didn't read anything he wrote for about 15 or 20 years. And I picked up one of his books and I thought, why did I even pick this book up? On the first page, I said, wow, that's pretty good right there. Mm. You know what the difference was? I had grown. Yeah. Had nothing to do with the books not being good. It had to do with my little brain was not ready for that. When, when you're reading and studying 
you got to find the books that God uses to speak to you. Yeah. I had a pastor ask me last week, what are your two most favorite books of all time? I said, Christian in Complete Armor by Gurnall and The Gospel Mystery of Sanctification by Marshall. He said, I've never even heard of either one of those. I said, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that have never heard of those. But those are my two favorites. And probably the Gospel Mystery of Sanctification is one of my favorites because it was one of Brother Wood's favorites. His other favorite was Life on the Highest Plane by Ruth Paxson and the Gospel Mystery of Sanctification. Might have been another or two, but I mean, that's the two I heard him talk about the most. You tell a lot of preachers that they're independent Baptists, and you tell them a book that was written by a woman, they start having an epileptic seizure. Because <laughs> how could a woman be that spiritual? Yeah, well, anything Ruth Paxson wrote, you need to read it. She's got the best book on spiritual warfare that's ever been written. Yeah. Now, if you hadn't been saved 20 years, you're probably not ready for it. But it's the best on that subject that's ever been written. She had a little book called Rivers of Living Water yeah. on the Holy Ghost. It's good stuff. So we got to depend on God for the answers to these questions. And uh, this church in Acts 13.1 that was at Antioch, the word church means a called out assembly. But what are they called out of? They're called out of the world. Called out of sin. You get called out of sin when you get saved. You get called out of the world when you get in church. Yeah. Church keeps us from the world. Man, yes, that's good. We build walls yeah. when we build a church. Right. It's not to keep us in. Yeah. It's to keep the world out. Man. So that we can sing, we can worship, we can praise God. However he may lead us to do it without worrying about what the world thinks about it. Man, yeah. That's probably one of the drawbacks to live streaming and video and everything and putting it out there for the whole world to see. Yeah. You, you make yourself a target when you do that. Right. We accepted that target because it's a blessing to so many people. I, I probably had 10 people tell me last week that they'd already listened to every Bible Institute class that's been posted on the Internet. And I was in Indianapolis, Florida. So, yes, it can be bad if you say something, you know, and then start some kind of big, huge problem. But it also can be a great blessing to a lot of people. You have to accept the bad with the good. You have to try to figure out, is this hurting people or helping people? So far, I believe our live streaming and online stuff, I believe it's helping people. Amen. 
But then everywhere I go, they've already heard everything I've said. <laughs> oh, yeah, I listened to that one online. Good. How was it live? <laughs> well, a lady came up to me and uh, said, you know, I heard you preach that at preacher Carl Lackey's, what you preached tonight. In 1986, I think she said. Wow, good grief. I said, no, ma'am, you did not hear me preach that message. But yes, I did. I wrote it in my Bible. I said, I preached from that text. I did not preach the same sermon. I don't even remember what I preached that long ago. <laughs> would have no idea what I preached. And, I, and you don't remember either. Yeah. That's why you wrote it in your Bible. So if I ever preached it from that t verse again in my whole life, you could come up there and let me know how spiritual you are. I said, it backfired. <laughs> she had to leave. Hmm? Called out of the world. We're called out of the world. A missionary cannot be an effective missionary if he's never allowed God to put him in a church that is called out of the world. Amen. You cannot be a worldly church and train spiritual missionaries. And you cannot be a spiritual missionary if you're a worldly man or woman. They are incompatible. Worldliness and spirituality are incompatible. So a church is a called out of the world assembly. A local church is an assembly that you can actually attend. You can go, sit there, and listen, and be a part of what's going on. That's what a local church is for. When people start talking about the invisible church and, and the universal church and, and all that stuff, it doesn't even matter who's right and who's wrong, those kind of arguments. It doesn't even matter. If there is a universal church and an invisible church, what good is it if you're visible? Hmm? How would you attend that? You got to have a local church. Yeah. Amen, preacher. Now, how would that be? You go out there and go knocking on doors. We'd like you to come to our church. Well, where's your church? It's everywhere. <laughs> so, we have a local church. That you can attend. How do you become a member? You keep going. And you agree with the doctrine and the principles of that church. Doesn't mean you have to agree with on everything. But you have to agree in general with the people you go to worship God with. Yeah. Somebody said, why are there so many different kind of churches? Because there's so many different kinds of coconuts in the world <laughs> that believe everything you can
can imagine. Yeah. But the ones that are really out there can't ever find a church that meets all their criteria. So they end up staying home because I can get more at home reading my Bible than I yeah. can going to that church or that church yeah. or that church or that church. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I was doing tonight. <laughs> good standing. What is good standing? That's having a right relationship with God with the pastor and with the local church. It's just having a good relationship with those. I mean, I don't like you. Go find a church where you really like somebody. <laughs> you got to have a right relationship in belief and in behavior. There are beliefs that are acceptable at Shady Acres and there are beliefs that are not acceptable. There is behavior that is acceptable and there is behavior that is not acceptable. Well, I guess it's just a bunch of rules. That, no, it's really not very many. Yeah. But there are a few. Right. Hmm? One of the, I'd say one of the rules is you can't smoke weed till you're stoned out of your gourd on a regular basis. <laughs> you can't drink till you're smashed. And then go around the community we're trying to reach with the gospel. Stagger around on the street. Yeah. Quoting scripture. Right. Right. You got to have the right kind of behavior. A husband and a wife can't be arguing publicly in the church. That's good. You go home, do whatever you want to do. But at the church, treat each other like Christians. Yeah. And if you'd like to have a better home, treat each other like Christians at home too. Not that hard. All you have to do is treat them better than they deserve. They're treating you better than you deserve, evidenced by the fact that they're still married to you. Yeah. <laughs> that is good, isn't it? I might say that again. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have the right relationship between the pastor and the missionary. If you don't have a right relationship, it's not going to work. It can't work. So when a missionary gets totally crossways with me, it doesn't even matter what the issue is. We either get it right or somebody's going on down the road and it's probably not going to be me. Right, yeah. So... You gotta have a right relationship. For these men to be called to carry the gospel as missionaries in Acts 13, they had to have the right relationship with the church at Antioch. That's a local church at Antioch. Not invisible, it's not universal, it's a local church that God is blessing. There are two main aspects to consider when it comes to a pastor and a missionary. One is authority. There has to be some authority. 
The word authority means the legal right to command others. A policeman has authority. He has a legal right to tell people what to do. Contrary to what you see on YouTube. Amen. Amen. They have a right to tell you what to do. I know my rights here. I'm not going to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you better stay in broad daylight. They get you in the dark, you'll find out, amen, how much authority they got. And authority means the exercising of power, such as the authority of a government, or even the authority of a church. A church has authority. We see that manifested here in Acts chapter 13. They have the authority to send these two men out as missionaries out of the Antioch, the church at Antioch. They have the authority to do that. The legal right and the power to do that. Does the pastor have any authority? It was quoted in our service Sunday night by two different people. Obey them that have the rule over you. Well, who is he talking about? He's talking about the pastor. He's, but, but herein lies the problem. The verse says, obey them and have the rule over you. What if you got a goofball pastor? <laughs> who's just enjoying his authority and doesn't care about you. All he cares about. It's, like it's like the man who's constantly telling his wife, I'm the head of this home. No, if you were the head, you wouldn't have to tell her. She wouldn't know. So the guy that's always said, I'm the head of this home, number one, he's not. Number two, he never will be. If you're the guy that's always telling your wife that you're the head of the home, I just want you to know you're not. You just wish you were. So you think you can bully her and since she's commanded to, you know, she's supposed to love you anyway, you can just be a bully and expect her to just treat you sweetly all the time. You bully. Independent Baptist, King James Bible believing bully, that's what you are. Yeah. Amen, Preacher. Amen, does a pastor have any authority? You have to obey them and have the rule over you. But the same thing can happen in a church. You can have a pastor who just fell in love with a pulpit and a congregation that has to listen to him two or three times a week. He's in love with the sound of his own voice. Yeah. So he goes to church to make love to himself. Mm. That's not what pastoring's all about. Right. Being a pastor is about helping people. Even to your own detriment sometimes. It's helping people.
Hebrews 13, verse 7 and 17, talk about that. 1 Timothy 3, verses 5 and 6, talk about that. The pastor has God-given authority, but it's not a stick for him to beat people yeah. with. Does the church have any authority? The church is going to send these men. They have the authority to send men that they believe God has called to be a missionary. The church has the authority to send them. So they were sent by the Holy Ghost and they were sent by their local church. If you can get the, the local church and the Holy Ghost to say amen to who you're sending to the mission field, they'll do a good job. But if the church as a whole is thinking, is this guy really going to go around telling everybody he's a member of the Shady Acres Baptist Church? If most of the church is uneasy about that, it's probably not going to work for long. Because the church does have an idea what will work for their church and what won't work for their church. Yes, the church has some authority. Jesus said that all power would be given to us to preach the gospel in all the world. He has the power and the authority. He gives it to the church. And the church gives it to the missionary when they send them out. You got all the power and authority so if you're sent out of Shady Acres Baptist Church, you have all the power and authority of the Shady Acres Baptist Church behind you, just like a policeman has all the authority of the city of Houston or whoever he works for, the whole country, if he's FBI or CIA. Yes, they have some authority. They tell you, FBI, okay, somebody just now has some authority over you. Whatever they've come to talk to you about, they've got the authority to do it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Unless this guy just looted somebody and stole their badge. <laughs> Does the missionary have any authority? Matthew 28, 18 to 20. They have the authority of the local church. They have the authority of the Holy Ghost. And they have the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a lot of authority. Man. But there again, you don't have to go out there and tell everybody you got the authority. Right. Just believe it in your heart and be a servant and be humble and God will bless what you're doing because of the authority that He gives you. Somebody asked me one time, does the mission board have any authority? I said, uh, the mission board has the authority that's given to them by the pastor and the local church that that board is under. When I came to Shady Acres 25 years ago, I was the director at Word for the World Baptist Ministries, Dr. Homer Smith was the president of that board and the pastor of Tri-County Baptist Church, Baptist Temple, Baptist, Baptist Church. 
Baptist Church, Tri-County Baptist Church. Brother Wood and I served as directors there for many years. And I taught classes in, mission, in the Mission Candidate School uh, for years. And we went around and told missionaries who were thinking about going to a field that we were with Word for the World because it was the only board that was under the authority of a local church and a pastor of that local church. Then when I came when I came here to be pastor, not too long after that, they called a new pastor. And when they called a new pastor, suddenly the mission board was not under the authority of that pastor anymore. Because the pastor was going to make a couple of decisions about the mission board. And the leaders of the mission board, Brother Homer, Brother Rudy Stimbridge, said, no, no, no. When they did that, Brother Wood said, is this true that that pastor wanted y'all to do this and y'all told him no? He said, yeah, that's true. He said, then I'm out. He said, because I went all over America telling pastors and missionaries that the reason this board is different is because it was under the authority of the local church and the pastor of that local church. Yeah. And it was as long as Brother Homer was a pastor. Right. But when they called a new pastor, they didn't want to let go of the control of the yeah. mission board. Right. And they thought this man was going to destroy their mission board. And they could have been right about that. Yeah. They may have been right. But it was not right to lead the directors to believe that that mission board was under the authority of a pastor and a local church. And then when push come to shove, find out they had their own articles of incorporation. Yeah. Mm. Separate from the incorporation of the church. They had their own constitution and bylaws separate from the constitution and bylaws of the church. And we found out that what we've been telling everybody was only true as long as Brother Homer Smith was the pastor and as soon as he was not the pastor, the church had no say and the pastor had no say. So we pulled out. Brother Wood said, I'm out. Then... I, I waited a while because I thought, I'm not going to do this just because Brother Wood did it. So I waited a while, prayed about it, asked God to lead me and show me what I ought to do. And Brother Homer Smith called me about something. And uh, I said, you know, while we're talking, I got something I'd like to talk to you about. And I started talking to him about all of that. And I said, I understand Brother Wood is resigned as a director, and I think that's what I need to do too. He said, resigned? No, he didn't resign. I said, well, he told me he did. I never heard him say that. I thought, well, this is confusing. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm thinking that would be pretty easy to remember. Yeah. yeah. Hmm? So, I said, well, I'm going to talk to Brother Wood and I'll get back to you. I hung up the phone I called Brother Jack Wood. And I said, I just got off the phone with Brother Homer Smith. We're talking about how, how, how missions operates in the real world, okay? Amen, sir. I said, I just talked to Brother Homer Smith and uh, he says that you did not resign as a director of Word for the World. He said, what? He said, I told him, I'm out. What do you think that means? <laughs> yeah. And while he had me on the phone, he said, why on? <laughs> Get, your, get a pen and a piece of paper and write a letter to Dr. Homer Smith from Jack Wood that says, I am out, I am through, I am done with Word for the World Baptist Ministries. I quit, I resign, or any other word you want to call it. <laughs> Since he didn't say the word resign, Brother Homer tried to lead me to believe that he didn't resign. Yeah. Well, all that did was confirm to me that I was on the right track. Yeah. Time for me to get out. Yeah. Yes, sir. Those are two great men of God. I don't want to get in the middle of their whatever. And they got all that sorted out before Amen. Brother Homer died. You got to understand that. Old men that have fought the battles for 45, 50 years, they may clash. Before they get out of here. But if they do, they'll work it out if they can. If they can't, they'll just finish their race and it'll all be settled at the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. Yes, sir. So I'm not criticizing either one of them. I'm just telling you what happened so that you understand a little bit this subject of authority when it comes to the local church, when it comes to the pastor, when it comes to the missionary, you got to understand there has to be a chain of command. There has to be authority. Independent Baptists have gotten the idea that they don't have to be under anybody's authority. Yeah, that's right. yeah. But then that just is a, that just leads to chaos. That leads to every man doing that which is right in his own eyes. And we know from the book of Judges how that comes out. Yeah. There has to be some authority. There has to be accountability. Somebody that you answer to for the things you do and the things you say and the things you believe and the things you don't do. There has to be accountability. And there has to be responsibility. There has to be authority. There has to be accountability. And there has to be responsibility. When they had me teaching that at the mission board, I kept thinking, now how am I going to present that this mission board can be scriptural? And I thought about the shipwreck. In Acts uh, 27? Yes, sir. Yeah. And the ship broke apart. Yeah. 
And he said, some of them would just grab a board yeah. to get to land. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I found a board in the Bible. <laughs> Good. And here's what I got out of it. Because <laughs> the only way you can get there is through a board, get a board, and go. Because awesome. I didn't find anything against it. I didn't, I didn't hear the Apostle Paul say, don't touch a board. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to swim if you're going to get there. No floating, no riding a board. <laughs> So I'm not against mission boards. And I taught that because I thought that at that time the board was what I described previously. And I'm well aware that the storm is on in the world we're in. Yeah. Yeah. There are stormy seas. And the ship is broken. Most local churches are not getting the job done when it comes to missions. The ship is broken. And the souls are perishing. So the best that we can do is get aboard, get to land, and preach the gospel. Then we do what we have to do. Yes, sir. Responsibility. Authority is really not much of a problem as long as you understand your responsibility. Whether you're talking about a home. Authority in a home is not a problem. Man being ahead of the home is not a problem as long as he is responsible. Now, if he's irresponsible, guess what? An irresponsible authoritarian is a nightmare. There are plenty of women living a nightmare because their head, their authority is a complete idiot. And he wouldn't know God if he was a greeter at Walmart and had a name tag on that said God. They have no discernment at all. And this poor lady has to submit to this goofball's authority and he's just so enamored with himself, he just makes up stuff to flaunt his authority and mistreats her any chance he gets to remind her he's in charge. And I've met pastors that do the same thing. They usually end up pastoring about 25 people. They'll build a church that maybe they're good preachers and so the church will grow for a while, but as soon as everybody finds out what an authoritarian goofball he is, they're going to go somewhere else. And I don't blame them. I would too. I was talking to somebody one time, and I knew who their pastor was, and and they they told me something that they did, and and, the pastor's office was upstairs. He said, I got called to the principal's office. He said, that's the way our pastor handled it. If you did something he didn't like, he called you into his office. And he'd spend an hour berating you for what you did that you shouldn't have done. And you better not ever happen again or you'll be out of here. I just think that's a bad way to pastor. Amen. Somebody else, if you believe God wants you to do it that way, help yourself. But I'm telling you, 
It won't work for long. So you got over authoritarian and you got no authority. Those are the two ditches. A guy that's not going to have any authority because authority offends some people. So the word responsibility is responding to a need or a command in a trustworthy manner. Responding to a need or a command in a trustworthy manner. The command is go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Man. And we have a responsibility to do that. Man. That's responding to the command. All right, we'll shut it down right there. I got pages and pages here. I didn't forget to study. I just forgot to come to my class. Thank the Lord for that. Then I didn't forget to study. Thank you, Brother Randy, for taking the first class and bailing me out. Brother Jack, you might want to send me a text next week. Sure will. About 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Yes, sir. I got to get in the groove here on this Bible. I haven't taught this Bible school in over 25 years till this year. God, you're back. But I used to teach it all the time. I figured everybody got tired of listening to me. But evidently not. Your attendance is encouraging me. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, people. Father, help us to get the authority right. Amen. Yes, help us to get the accountability right. Amen. Help us to get the responsibility right. Yeah. Lord, just help us to be Christians about everything that we do. Yes. And not just egotistical and selfish and belligerent. Help us not to be like that. Because there is too much at stake for us to just do what we think. When if we'd seek you, you'd show us what you think. And then we can do what you think. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here today.